Hello and welcome to Gloucester Vineyard Church's weekly podcast. We are creating a community that brings hope and joy to Gloucester and we are thrilled that you've downloaded this message. This term as a church, we're reading through the book of Matthew together. Each week we're reading a section and then unpacking it on the following Sunday. This week Emily is walking us through chapter 5 and unpacking how Jesus' mission is not so much about getting people to behave better, but instead is all about heart transformation. You can catch up with the series so far and listen in as the next chunk is read to you by subscribing to this podcast. So without further ado, here we go. So this term we are embarking on following Jesus from the crib to the cross by reading the book of Matthew together and last week Daniel covered a whopping four chapters in one fell swoop. It is worth catch up on the podcast when you can. Um, Last week we were introduced to Jesus so to speak. It's definitely worth a catch up. And those of you who listened to the podcast this week will know that this morning I'm going to be looking at the next bit in the story of Jesus, the next chapter in the book of Matthew. It's chapter five. Thankfully, only one chapter this morning, but what a glorious and wonderful time we are going to have unpacking it today. I'm really looking forward to it. Because you see, up until this point in the story, we haven't really heard much about what Jesus has to say. He has been presented us, presented to us, so to speak. We've been introduced um, and then we've seen him inviting people to follow him, healing some sick people. And apparently he has started preaching in towns and cities. Um, but the only taste we get as readers of what he has to say for himself is there's this one sentence. Um, it says, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And as modern West, mes, Westerners, as modern Westerners, we just kind of go, huh? Like that doesn't really tell us a whole lot. Like what is the deal with Jesus? We are waiting to hear. What does Jesus possibly have to say for himself that fishermen are leaving behind their livelihood to follow him, that crowds are gathering wherever he goes? As Daniel explored last week, people had been waiting for someone to come and to rescue them. They had been waiting and looking for the one who had been promised for generations and generations. But this guy, Jesus, if he is the one that has so longingly been hoped for, what does he have to say for himself? And that is where we meet chapter five of the book of Matthew. Um, A large crowd has followed Jesus and gathered around this mountainside and here Jesus' first big chunk of teaching, quite commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount, for quite obvious reasons, begins. This is the moment we get to hear what Jesus is all about. And he begins like this. He says, God blesses those who are poor and realise their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. The kingdom of heaven, that's the second time we have heard this phrase, right? Clearly, Matthew, the author of this book, is telling us that the kingdom of heaven is important to Jesus. And as Jesus goes on to teach and demonstrate through all the book of Matthew, actually, we learn that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, as it can sometimes be known, is Jesus's invitation 
Matthew chapter 5 is the beginning of Jesus inviting us into a new kingdom, a new way of living. He is introducing us to God's plan and his design to rescue this world. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's keep going at the beginning. Because Jesus then goes on to describe a whole host of people for whom the kingdom of heaven is theirs. He says, God blesses those who mourn. God blesses those who are humble, those who hunger and thirst, those who are merciful, those whose hearts are pure, who work for peace, those who are persecuted, those who are mocked, those who are lied about. Here is a long list of people who, according to Jesus, he's saying all these people have the kingdom of heaven available to them. All these people are blessed by God. They have God with them. They know God's presence. They are blessed. So whatever this kingdom of heaven looks like, whatever this new way of living looks like, it would appear that it is for everyone. Now, for the average person in the crowd that day, this would have been revolutionary. Let's take Elizabeth, for example. Elizabeth is your average Israelite woman of the day. Um, she would have heard many rabbis, many teachers, preaching and teaching about God. She would have gathered in crowds around other teachers to hear about God and she would have heard what all the rabbis were saying. She would have heard the teaching of the Torah, which is um, the first five books of the Bible as we know it. Um, and they kind of talk about the ins and outs, the behaviours to follow, to live right in God's eyes. And for anyone, rabbi or non, living rightly according to the Torah was really, really difficult. It wasn't impossible, but it certainly was not straightforward. And the teachers of the Torah, this way of living, had slowly added like extra rules, extra ways and specifications, extra behaviours for living right. And these added extras would have made it even more difficult, near impossible to live right. And Elizabeth, this Israelite woman, would have heard teaching along the lines of, Blessed are you if you can obey the Torah, if you can behave this way and live by all these different rules and laws and sacrifices perfectly, that is when you're blessed. That is when you know God's presence with you. And then she would have heard other rabbi teachings who had kind of distorted up the message a little bit, but were still teaching far and wide. And they would have said things like, blessed are the rich, blessed are the ones who can leverage the Roman Empire for their advantage. Blessed are the educated. I guess it's probably like um, someone preaching today saying, blessed are the rich or blessed are the white upper middle class. Blessed are the ones who can invest and make more money. The point was that some of them were teaching that the ones who have got life easy or were successful or for whom good things were accessible were the blessed ones. God is with you only if life is easy or successful. That's what the crowd were expecting to hear. That's what Elizabeth was expecting to hear. And then she comes and listens to Jesus. Another rabbi teacher, right? Except this time the teacher, Jesus, 
is speaking to her. He is saying, blessed are the poor, blessed are the persecuted, blessed are the humble, blessed are the hungry. This is totally different to the teaching of the day. This list of people that Jesus has just spoken about has just flipped everything on its head. Those who mourn, are mocked, persecuted, humble, hungry and thirsty, they didn't stand a chance of blessing. And yet according to Jesus, these are now the very people who have the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, hey, in this kingdom of heaven, this new way of living, there are no privileged members. There's no elite. What I'm about to teach and talk and spend my life demonstrating is for everyone. Whatever your background, circumstance, education, wealth, gender, whatever. What I'm saying is different. What I'm inviting you into is different. It is a new way of living. No wonder he's gathered a crowd. It's accessible, it's compelling stuff. And this first bit of his teaching, it's kind of like he's setting the stage for telling us what the kingdom of heaven is all about. You know, first things first, before we get cracking, what I'm about to talk about is for everyone to get involved with. And then he goes on to say, kind of this second bit of stage setting, um, is that it cannot possibly be kept to ourselves. This kingdom of heaven that we can all partake in, Jesus is saying, it's uncontainable. Jesus talks to the crowd about how they are salt and light, how by choosing to be part of the kingdom of heaven, by choosing to live differently in a new way, they will be bringing flavour and light to the world around them. Because living in the kingdom of heaven is noticeable. It changes things. It is not subtle. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if any of you have had the joy of driving in another country, specifically um, a country that drives on the other side of the road. I mean, absolute nightmare. Um, to get your head in the game, to drive on the non-instinctive side of the road, um, to drive against your natural instincts and against the way that you were taught, um, it's really difficult. Um, I, I remember when I was a teenager, um, I was in a youth group and one summer we went on a trip together to Romania to do some charity work. Uh, my youth leader worked closely with a guy out there who ran an orphanage and so we went and we spent some time there. So we arrive and uh, two of the youth leaders go and pick up the rental minibuses um, so we can continue on our journey from the airport to the orphanage. And so we all pile in high on sugar and lack of sleep and just well up for an adventure. Now, in Romania, they drive on the opposite side of the road to here in the UK. No problem. The two youth leaders start driving and all is going well trundling along unfamiliar roads but you know with the familiarity of driving so hey um, and we're about 20 minutes into this journey when we approach a roundabout now even I as an oblivious teen was like oh roundabout this will be interesting but it would appear that the driver of the first minibus had no such thought process we look ahead and we see the first bus in front of us 
confidently drive onto the roundabout the wrong way. Oh my gosh. And then because the driver of the second minibus, the one I, me and my friends were in, um, had no directions and were simply following the first one, our minibus then drives exactly the same as the first into oncoming traffic and the wrong way round the roundabout too. I mean, talk about making a difference. The other cars around us were swerving and braking and honking, driving the other way round the roundabout driving on the other side of the road to those around you. It is certainly noticeable. It changes things. It is not subtle. Now, obviously that analogy can only go so far, but the point I'm making is that Jesus is inviting us into a life lived on the other side of the road, a life lived differently. And if we do, it cannot possibly go unnoticed because it goes against the grain. The life that Jesus invites us into, the kingdom of heaven, which is open to all, is full of flavour and light. We become as salt and light to the world. It cannot be restrained. So the stage is set. Okay, tell us about this wonderful kingdom of heaven that is for everyone and cannot be contained. Here we go. And then it kind of gets a bit funky because it appears that he spends the next bit of his teaching, chapter five as we know it, talking about the law. That is the, um, the Torah that we were chatting about earlier, the kind of the behaviors and the way of living that was just super difficult. And he's talking about what appears to be another set of rules on top of that. Like, he says all this stuff like, I haven't come to abolish the law. Do not ignore the law. It says you must not murder. Well, I say even check your anger. It says you must not commit adultery. Well, I say even check who you're checking out. Right? Jesus is talking about the law. We thought we'd just invite, he'd just invited us out of it. Feels a bit like we've been duped. But if we look a little bit closer, if we dig a little bit deeper, we can see that what Jesus is doing here is that he is giving us example after example of what life in the kingdom of heaven actually looks like. He's pointing us to the heart of the matter. You see, what this crowd did not need, what we do not need is simply another list of rules and behaviours, more stuff to do right, more stuff to feel guilty about when we do or don't do it. These guys already had the law. They already had the list of rules and sacrifices to, to follow. Jesus wasn't saying they needed more of this. Instead, what Jesus is showing us is a new, a deeper perspective on living life. Throughout his uh, first big bit of teaching, this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was pointing us to what he is all about, what the kingdom of heaven is all about. Not the rules and the behaviours in and of themselves, but rather what is behind it all. A greater understanding of living life to the full Jesus is pointing us to the posture and the condition of our hearts. 
I remember when um, we first moved to Gloucester, uh, Rosie, our eldest, was two, and Ellie, our second, uh, was just a baby. And the three of us went out for a walk, me and the girls, which sort of go around the block, get out of the house and get to know our neighbourhood a little bit. Um, now, if I had been walking on my own, the round the block walk would have taken me maybe 15, 20 minutes max. This walk took us an hour and a half. And it wasn't just because Rosie's little legs couldn't walk as fast, although that did play a part. It was because every five metres we would have to stop and look at and fully understand something else that she had found. Whether it was a leaf of ivy that looked like a heart shape or a funny looking cloud. There were a million things for Rosie to stop and exclaim at. I mean, if I were on my own doing this walk and you questioned me about it and what I saw, probably would have seen all these things, you know, on a surface level. Yep, there's some greenery on the wall. Yep, the sky has clouds in. Tick, tick, tick. I know about the walk. But with Rosie's new perspective and learning of the world, my eyes were opened to the fullness of what was happening around me. You know, it wasn't just a leaf, it was a love heart to take home and maybe give to daddy later. It wasn't just a cloud, it was one that was in the shape of a silly face and it made her laugh. I gained a greater depth of insight into the surface level stuff around me for seeing it through her eyes. And that's a bit like what Jesus invites us into as well. A greater understanding and handle on our actions and the world around us. A new way of living that goes deeper and more fully than simple tick box actions and behaviours to follow. Jesus is saying it's not just about what you do or don't do, whether you kill someone or whether you sleep with someone else or whether you make unnecessary exuberant vows on graves. Jesus is saying this new way of living, this kingdom of heaven, is not simply about our surface level actions, what we do and don't do. It is about our hearts. Because, I mean, we all know that our actions, especially under pressure or stress, as most of us are finding out rather swiftly, our actions reveal what's going on with our heart. Up until that point, it was all about what you do and how you behave. In and of itself, the Torah, that five, first five books that we were talking about earlier, the Torah in and of itself is not bad. Of course not, but to a certain extent and for certain religious people, it had become a religious tick-boxing exercise. And Jesus is bringing it back to the heart. Jesus is saying that life is not simply about doing the right things, behaving the right way to get to heaven eventually. Jesus is inviting us into a way of life that starts now and continues into eternity. A way of life that continually transforms our hearts. The kingdom of God is all about heart transformation. You can just hear Jesus saying, wouldn't it be better if instead of just not murdering someone, we can learn to deal with our anger? Wouldn't it be better if instead of just not cheating on our spouse, we learn to adore and cherish and commit our hearts and minds, not just our bodies? Jesus is inviting us into a life of, wouldn't it be better if? 
He is casting a vision for life in all its fullness. Wouldn't it be better if? He's invited, he's casting a vision for a community, a new family that is distinctive, that cannot help but be salt and light to the world. The kingdom of heaven is what Jesus is all about. This is Jesus's deal. Not a simple tick box life, but a life where our transforming hearts react differently to the world around us, where we choose to invest in the root behind the action, where we choose to deal with life situations differently, with a different perspective, where we live a life more fully starting now. This is the kingdom of heaven. And so I just want to take some time this morning um, before we go into a time of worship to come before God humbly and honestly and ask for his presence to bless us, um, to ask for our hearts to be transformed. And so we're going to spend a moment doing that now. So if you feel comfortable, um, just close your eyes and hold out your hands. This is just um, an outward sign of this inward desire we may feel for God to come. And we ask ourselves, what is it that is motivating us? What is it that's driving our actions? Is it fear? Is it money? Is it weariness? Is it anger? Is it a desire for revenge? Let's just take a moment of quiet now to acknowledge whatever it is that is motivating us now. And let's invite God into that. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, we invite you into our fear. We invite you into our anger. We invite you into our lust. Our tired bodies. God, we invite you to come and transform our hearts. Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you stir us up? God, will you help us to step up and step into the way of life you so generously extend to us. Lord God, we give you all of um, all of our fear and anger, our revenge, our lust. God, we ask you to come. Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you make us into salt 
and light for this world? Will you transform us from the inside out? Father God, we thank you that you invite us into a new way of living, that you give us a new perspective, that you enable life in all its fullness. And God, will you give us a hunger and a desire to always ask, wouldn't it be better if? Wouldn't life make more sense if? And God, we invite you to come and to change us, to transform us, to live life to the full. Okay, so that's all for this week. I hope that blessed you and you found it helpful. If you've enjoyed this message, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to join in with what we're doing here in Gloucester, you can join us at one of our Sunday gatherings online. All the details you need are on our website, gloucestervineyard.org. Thank you.